Welcome to this series from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. I'm just going to talk a little bit from my heart about something I think the Lord's laid on it. Before I do, I want to highlight two things. There are two things you guys talked a little bit about Sunday morning. First of all, uh, all the veterans here, we need to honor you today. This is Veterans Day. Would you stand up? Would you do that for me? Stand up so we can honor you. Thank you so much for your service. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Bless you all. Bless you all. And you know what? I, uh, as I was sitting down there thinking I wanted to do that, I wanted to also pray for our veterans. So if you just join me in prayer. Father, I just felt led tonight to pray, especially for those who struggle after coming back. There's a lot of young men and older men who are dealing with major issues, health issues, mental issues. Uh, I see a lot of those guys when I sometimes visit veterans' hospitals. And I just ask right now, Father, that your Holy Spirit would encourage the men and women who serve this country, who have served this country, and who will serve this country. And I stand up here tonight able to preach freely from the Word of God because of these veterans and because they've stood for freedom. And so we thank you for them. And we tonight, first of all, honor you for the, being the master of freedom. But we thank you for these freedom fighters who have given us this privilege. And we all say it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Secondly, I know all weekend um, it was highlighted a little bit that Ken and I are going to be doing a little cruise together. I want to again remind you, because I mentioned this when I was here before, I'm not getting paid for this. Ken and I are doing this because we believe in marriage. And we believe that couples need to be encouraged in their marriage. And we're doing a little cruise. And tonight, just so you know, Ken's right back there. But just so you know, out in the back, right in this area, there's a guy named Ron in Dakota. They're from the cruise agency around the corner, Travel. They've been really nice tonight to come and set up. Because some of you have asked Ken questions and you've asked me questions. And here's what we know. Ken's going to sing. I'm going to preach. Other than that, I don't know nothing. So if you go back there... And check it out with those people who are leading it, Ron and Dakota. They will help you and give you more information. So please, when we're done, just go out there and check that out. And I will say um, that, you know, I'm going to be preaching right out of the Word of God. going to be challenging to grow in your marriage. And it, it's crazy what sometimes happens on cruises. Uh, it's a fun place to go. I remember years ago uh, when Jane and I did one of our first cruises. I know there were some people from Rez went to it. And I need to tell you what happened. So Jane, in her effort to make me look decent had gone out to J.C. Penney, okay? That's where she went, J.C. Penney, and bought me a pair of just nice, you know, swim trunks because mine were beat. I don't really care. You know, I don't care if they've got holes in them, but she does. And so she bought me some really nice swim trunks, and we go down the beach. I'd never had them on in my life. So we go out with all the people in the cruise. We're out on an island or something. We go out in the water, get up out of the water. Well, these swim trunks, we did not know it. I had no clue. Uh, when they get wet, they have pictures on them, and mine was pictures of all nude women. No lie. I came out of the water, and Jane's like, honey. I'm like, you bought them. I mean, it's like, don't blame me. I'm not taking them off. What do I do? So you go on the cruise, you never know what's going to happen. I'll tell Jane to pick me up some swim trunks, and we'll see what happens this time. I'm going to try to get crosses, baby, crosses. But... Third thing I want to say before I preach tonight is uh, I don't go anywhere and preach that I feel more loved and cared for than here. Uh, you guys are so stinking nice to me. You have prayed for my daughter, Anna, for a long, long time. I'm serious. You come up and ask me, how's she doing? Are you kidding me? I haven't seen you in a long time, and you ask those questions. Thank you. She's growing. She's coming. But please keep praying, and, and thank you for your goodness to us and for your prayers for us. That's so tender to me. 
And so we love you. Uh, my family loves you. When I preach here, they'll be coming for the Christmas Eve service that I have the privilege of getting to speak at again. And so thank you for that. Summer, who always invites me to come on Wednesday night along with the staff here, she fixes me. I mean, I didn't eat all day because she's got chicken fingers back there. Whoa, I love them. And so she makes me feel so welcome. So thank you for your kindness. And now let me share with you what the Lord has laid on my heart. So I'm flying into Minneapolis, Minnesota, like, you know, three weeks ago, I want to say it was. And by the way, while I was there, it was really cool. About 200 men gave their lives to the Lord for the first time. It was just awesome. About 1,000 guys and 200 of them prayed to receive Christ. But as I was landing uh, in Minneapolis, uh, the pilot that day must have just been in a low-flying mood. I don't know why, but he was down low. He was only like, it felt just like right over the top of the ground. And we went for a long time at that level. So I was just enjoying the scenes out the window. Uh, I could see a good clear view of lots of barns. You know, there's lots of lakes in Minnesota, but there's also lots of barns. And I grew up on a farm and I just seen, it was just, it was just sweet. And I'm listening to uh, all kind of music. And I'm a music connoisseur. Some of you uh, who like me might not like me when I finish telling you that I, I, my favorite music is rap. Sorry, don't, don't be offended, but I like rap the most. I like country and I like rap. Crap, people call it. But I like, I like both of them. And I was listening. I listened to Jeremy Camp just to make sure I dealt with, you know, not feeling guilty. Then I listened to Boys to Men. I like Boys to Men. Then I listened to Randy Travis. I like old Randy. And then I was listening to Jay-Z. There's a little difference there. That's all over the place. And as I was listening to a Randy Travis song, I was listening to a song called The Box. The song The Box is about a guy whose dad passed away. And when his dad passed away, he found this box. And he opened up the box and he found out things about his dad that had always been hidden. And as I'm listening to this song, I found myself thinking in my mind, we really like to hide stuff. We people, we, we humans, we have a fascination with hiding. We have sometimes physical boxes that we hide. Some of you have uh, these kind of things at your house right now. This is a, just an old cigar box I, I have. And I, I don't smoke cigars, but man, they smell good. And I just like cigar boxes. So I, I, I grabbed this one from the house before I came. And, and in, in this box, a lot of people would put their, like that song, treasures. Or, or just things and we just like to hide stuff. And, and here's, here's what I think is true. We like to hide stuff in our life from God. And we like to hide things in our life from other people. Like, like, you know, I got a few things in my box. You know, you guys know a few things about me. You know my family. You know my life. You know I live over in Holland. You know I love to come here and preach. You know I travel, do marriage and family, winning at home. You know all that stuff. But there's a few things about me y'all don't know. Because they're in my box. And we like to hide stuff. Some of you already, right now, some of you are already a little bit nervous because you think I'm going to be talking about things we try to hide and keep secret that aren't necessarily positive. And when you think about that, sometimes you even find your own heart starts beating a little faster. Like, oh no, I'm going to have to start thinking about my hidden things. Well, that, that, is, that is what we're going to talk about. 
And I thought, I want to know if this is something we've always struggled with. So I thought I'd just go to the first page of my Bible, you know, and I'd just start reading and see how far I could get before I found where people hid stuff. So I read through page one, and that was all clear. That was good. Nobody's hiding there. That, don't worry. That's just the introduction of my Bible. Here's page one. Page one, I read it. Nobody hid there. There's a lot of animals going, woo, coming up. Then, then there was the next page, nothing there. And then I, I got to page three. In this big old thick Bible, page three, we start hiding. We got a fascination with this. Just so you know, the rest of these pages, lots of hiding. Hiding after hiding after hiding. And, and you know the page three story. It's Adam and Eve and... They've eaten the apple and they're in the garden. And the Bible says the man and his wife were walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees. So, so kind of they, they looked, they thought, oh, you know what? Hey, look, look, look. These trees right here, they kind of got a canopy here. Let's step in here. This looks like a nice box. Let's get in here and close the lid because they could hear God walking and as I was flying over Minnesota and I flew over each house I thought to myself I wonder what that family's hiding right there I wonder what the man in that house is hiding from his wife and then I found my going why, why do we hide what is it that makes us hide? And so tonight, I'm just going to go over a few things we that I think causes us to hide. And the first one I wrote down is, I think we hide because of fear. See, tonight, there are some of us who have got something hidden in our little box. And one of the reasons we hide it is because we think if everybody else found out what that thing was, they might not like us. They might not think we live up to their expectations they have for us. If, if you want to, just to give you a little pointer, if you all want to ever have everybody know what you've really ever done, run for president. <laughs> They'll find you. And see, fear makes us start to hide. I have a dear friend who has just lost his ministry because he thought he had pulled off hiding it good enough, but it came out. And he's lost it all, and we're all these years gone. So fear keeps us from telling anyone. Now, um, Steve said to me, Steve, he gives leadership here, uh, said to me, Dan, one of the reasons uh, I like to hear you preach is you're real. He, he's dead on with that. So tonight... I'm going to tell you one of the things that I don't hide that I should hide. When I go to men's event, when I was in Minnesota, I know one of the reasons this group called me in is because I'll tell you. You know why I do that? Because I'm smart enough to know that if I start trying to hide stuff, I could go down quickly. 
See, see, if you're sitting here tonight and you're hiding something out of fear, I want you to understand Satan would love to keep putting that on you because he knows as long as he can keep you alone, he can work on you, man. He can get you deeper in the hiding thing. He can get you, you go, this box here won't be big enough. Heck, will buy you a bigger one. He loves that. And fear motivates us to hide. Fear caused my friend to hide. And then once the box got open, he lost it all. You might be sitting here going, well, Dan, I wonder what it is you'd like to hide. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I don't hide. I, I have never struggled with um, fame and stuff. Like a lot of people do what I do. Fame becomes a big deal. Just not a big deal to me. I don't know why. Maybe my mom, the way she taught me. But, you know, if, if I don't ever get to preach here again, it wouldn't be sad to me because, oh, I'm really good. It would just be sad to me because I love to preach to you guys. It's, it's nothing about me. Someday, uh, I told Scott a little bit ago, I said, man, why don't you preach tonight, dude? I'm 50 and you're in your 30s. Are you in your 30s, Scott? Yeah. I said, you're in your 30s. And so people like me are going to die and we need young men like you. You want to preach tonight? I'll come cheer for you, man, because it's not about me. And I get that one. Fame and all that is ego. It's not my thing. I don't know why. God just never, he took that. I don't have it. Money isn't my thing. I don't have a lot of money. Don't ever plan on and don't want a lot of money because I got a lot of rich friends and their lives are screwed up and I don't want to deal with all that crap. When I die, my kids get a little left over. Great. But I don't want to leave that curse on them. It's all right. It's just my feelings. You can have yours. I have a problem with you having lots of money. I just don't want a lot. And it's not a big deal to me. Mine is, I struggle with hiding in the area of seeing things I shouldn't see. I cannot believe he just said that. I, that's fine. I'm just not fearful of sharing that with you because I know as long as I tell my wife, babe, listen, today I'm really weak in this area. I got protection on my home. I got all kind of stuff. I got this, that, and the other. Does not matter. If you want to find it, you can find it in our world. And I'm real open and honest about my accountability part. Dan, you seen anything this week you shouldn't see? I'll say yes or no, and I'll explain it, and I'll tell him. If Jane asks me, I'll say, baby, and, and there's some woman, I get it. There's some woman right now who's sitting here, used to think highly of me, you go, he is perverted. Okay. I, I can't change that. All I know is I'm not hiding it. Because I ain't going to let Satan take that and turn me into what I don't need to be. You say, I can't believe you really told that. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just an honest guy. That in my life, I know is the one thing Satan could use to take me down. So I'm going to face it straight on and I'm going to be honest about it. And tonight I'm doing that partly to help you go, I, I can face mine. Is it easy to share that? No. Do I think some of you might think less of me? Sure. I, could I maybe get an email? Sure. I'll forward it right to Steve. But yeah, I could get one. But the reality is, I'm not going to not share this with my wife out of fear. Because I love my wife too much to lose her over something stupid like that. Did y'all hear that? I love my wife too much to let that come between us. Thank you, sir. I think that was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and I'm just saying to you, I want you, I want you to understand, don't allow fear to control that area of your life. 
If you've got a box right now and you got something locked in, Dan, you don't understand. I can't tell it. Yeah, yeah, you can. I, I, I shared my testimony at that group of Minnesota, and 200 men came to know the Lord as Savior because I'm not afraid to go here, y'all. Look at my box. And 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 you know what, guys? I'm gonna keep the lid off because I don't want Satan to get a foothold. And fear can start making you hide stuff and Satan gets a foothold. The second reason we hide stuff, shame. Shame. I got a 20-year-old girl I'm talking to right now. She's so filled with shame. Decisions she made. Painful things she did three years ago. I'll try to talk with her about it. Don't talk about it. Why? I can't. Why? I'm so ashamed. And I'll say to her, Satan loves shame. Jesus cleanses shame away. When you give your life to Jesus and you say, Jesus, will you forgive me? Boom. Because King, King David should have had a lot of shame, right? I mean, he saw this woman and ended up killing her husband. I mean, come on. And God cleansed him of shame. And you need to understand that tonight, whatever happened that you chose to do, or whatever happened that was done to you, Satan would use that and make God. Do you remember the story of Adam and Eve? And they hid because they were shamed. Satan loves to use shame. And here's what's interesting. You think, yeah, 20-year-olds, boy, they deal with it. Mm, 30, yeah, because, you know, they're dealing with the consequences of the sins like a couple of years ago. So I'm sitting this week in Florida with a lady who is over 70, sitting at dinner with her and her husband. We start talking. And I said to her, I'm, I'm notorious for straight on questions. And I said to her, um, can I ask you a question? She said, sure. I said, um, did you do anything when you were 16 that you would be really like uncomfortable talking with me about? And she said, yes. And I said, I'd really love to know it because I work with a lot of young girls now. And, and when I'm talking to them, I like to talk to them about, you know, things they're dealing with, whatever. And, and you've overcome it. You're doing great. You're 70. You, you've, you've done good. God's used your life, et cetera. Can we talk about what happened to you at 16? I, I would rather not. That has been 70 minus 16. 50, is that 54. 54 years ago. Jane's the math person. She needs to be here. 54 years ago. And I said to her, can you tell me why we can't talk about it? I'm ashamed. Wow. Wow! I said to her, if you would understand God's forgiven that, and let the, you could help so many young girls because you could say to them, girl, I was there. Jesus will lift that. He can cleanse that. But no, no, she's, she's over 70. So, so what's going to happen, God? Are we, are we really going to let Satan do this the rest of the life and when lay us in the casket and tell our kids, hey, don't forget to lay that box of stuff I've hidden my whole life. 
How would you like that if you had the box and they could just pull it open and go, there it is. I'm dead and there's all my crap. That's perfect. The lid's gone. Well, thank you, sir. And then you ruined the illustration. Bring it back to me. That's perfect. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you. But we do it. Shame. And some of you... Um, I want to hit this straight on because some of you were molested when you were a little kid, like, you know, 8, 10, who knows, 12. Some of you have a husband who beat you. Some of you dealt with some ancestral things within your family. I, I don't know, but I know this. You haven't told anyone because you're ashamed and you didn't even do anything. And Satan loves to use that against us. I've told you before, I was sexually molested when I was a young boy. And I know the perpetrator. And for years, I just didn't even tell my wife. Got married. And finally, I thought, what am I doing? I'm living with this ridiculous shame. i got to get this out because it's keeping me from being all that I can be. So consider it. Consider talking to someone. Consider sharing it with a pastor. Consider asking him or her to pray over you that you'd be free. Don't let Satan keep causing you to hide this stuff in your box and, and, and then I wrote down there's oh, you know why we hide stuff in here sometimes because we've been really burned when we tried to pull it out before somebody found out and they told so and so and so and so and you didn't get on the board whoop de woo I'm telling you this is risky my son's 30 Alan he's preached here you guys know him when I was talking to him about this today he said that's my thing dad He's just 30. And he said, my thing is, once I get burned after I've tried to talk about something, if I get burned by that, boop, stick it right back in, shut it up. And some of you have done that. You've said to yourself, and even tonight I've been speaking, you're going, mm-mm, can't wish I hadn't come tonight. How much longer has he got? <laughs> I only have an hour. You're fine. And I'm asking you to consider um, Bring it back out before the Lord again and asking him to help you. Asking him to heal you. I'll keep going here because of time. I, I wrote down that we hide it because of pride. Pride. You know, we, 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 the family name here in West Michigan, the family name is pretty important. We don't want to do anything ruin that last name. It's a big deal. Your fam I want you to go home. When you get home, look at your family picture. Is everybody in there smiling pretty nice? We don't take family pictures of what we're really like. It'd be fun to say to your family, okay, however you're feeling today. In fact, I was sitting, where I was sitting to study for this the other day, I took a picture of myself, a little selfie, in a normal face. I think it's come up on the screen here. I took a picture of myself with just my normal face, a smile. That was me. I just selfied myself sitting there by the little window where I was studying. That, that, I, said, I thought, I'm going to show Rez Life what I'm supposed to look like and feel. When you think of Dan Seaborn, there he is smiling. That particular day, I took a picture of myself, how I was really feeling inside. And here, here's the picture. I took it myself how I was feeling that day. <laughs> I just kind of feeling yucky, just kind of blah, kind of. And pride, you know, I, I, can't, I can't stand up here and tell you I'm not perfect because I got to, I'm Dan, nice to see you. And I think so often uh, we hide and mask 
what's really going on in our family. I have a, have a family right now. I was talking to a guy yesterday. He's 35-ish. I keep giving you all these ages because it's going to relate to somebody in here. A 35-year-old young man has three children. And he said, yeah, at Christmas, our whole family, they're wanting to get together and take a big family picture, but we're so dysfunctional, none of us want to do it. And I, I said to him, you probably represent a lot of people. Because everybody in that family's got their own box. And for the sake of the picture, we just go for one second off. And as soon as the picture's done, back to the bottom. And I've come here tonight to tell you something, the same thing that's in verse number nine. They're hiding in that little box among the canopy of trees there in the garden. And God says, Where are you? I'd love to have been there when that voice went, where are you? Because you know Adam and Eve, he knows, he sees us, he sees us. And tonight I've come to tell you, Jesus already knows what's in you. It's really cool to know Jesus, uh, he can see it right, you're sitting right there going, um, I don't care how long he talks, I'm not taking the lid off. And Jesus goes, really? I can see right through it. And I I wrote this down. Um, If you want to get help for alcoholism, you have to admit you're an alcoholic. If if you want freedom from your sin, you have to admit you're a sinner. If you want to be free from your boxes, you got to admit you're a boxer. All of us in here, in some way, we're, we're boxers. But here's what we do. We think if we get ourselves in the right spot and get away, nobody will know. That's why some of you, if I can just say this really nice, some of you used to attend another church somewhere and you thought, I'll go to Res Life. It's big enough. I can hide. (laughs) And God's sitting right by you in the pew going, I see you. (laughs) I remember once uh, when our kids were younger, we went to Disney World. We decided we'd tackle that $45,000 trip. (laughs) And we drove, which was a nightmare in itself. For those of you who drive, you know, you get to Florida and you think you're there. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> and we got to Disney World, and I had daughter, Christina. She's my oldest daughter. At the time, she was four. And she was fascinated with any princess. And she thought she was a princess. And she would talk about being a princess. And she would dress all day like a princess. And she wanted princesses outfits and princesses shoes and princess things and all princess stuff. So Disney World was her heaven. And she said, Daddy, when we get there, I want to wear my Cinderella slippers all day. Well, her Cinderella slippers had a heel on them like that. And I said, Christina, no. We're going to take your regular little flat tennis shoes because Disney World is huge. But I want to wear my Cinderella slippers. I said, no, honey, you're not going to wear them. Well, her and Jane and we know the whole thing. So finally Jane said, honey, we just go to Disney World probably once in our life. Just let her wear them. I said, honey, they're going to kill her. Look, they're made out of rock plastic. That thing on them is a killer. She's going to be done. Well, that's her deal. She's four. I'm like, honey, no. Do not let her wear them. Well, she said, finally, if she wants to wear them, she can wear them. But Christina, here's the deal. We're going to have a conversation with you like you can really talk to a four-year-old. Honey, we're going to tell you, if you wear them, we're not carrying you. 
If you wear your regular shoes, we'll pick you up and carry you. But if you want to wear these princess slippers, you will wear them all day, and I won't carry you the whole time. Deal, Daddy. Shook hands. Don't shake hands with four-year-olds. But I shook hands with a four-year-old. We get to Disney World. We're going through our day. It's probably, you know, we got there at 8 o'clock, so we've at least made it. It's 8.15. She hasn't wanted to be carried yet. And then we start to go, I think it was like you know, one of the shows, who knows, Snow White and Seven Dorks, whatever. Well, I don't remember what it was and all that stuff. We were going to a show. And we start to head to the show. Daddy, can you please carry me? No, Chrissy, remember the deal. I told you if you wore them, you're going to be wearing them all day long. We're in Florida. No, no, no I'm not going to carry Daddy, but my feet, look. And she pulled her slipper off, and I remember she already had a really red blister she'd worn. You know, it's probably now 9, 30, 11, going up near midday. And, and she had a big red spot on her. She goes, honey, I told you, I'm sorry. And Jane goes, well, Dan, we didn't know it would form a blister. <laughs> so you probably need to carry it. No. So we walk into this Disney show, and it was a you know, place like this, not as big as this, but you know, you know the Disney shows. So we get in there, we're sitting down, and Jane and I, get into it. We got into it. We're going at it. And Jane says to me, honey, you got to calm down. No, I don't. We're in Florida, nobody here knows me, and I don't care. That's what I said, because I was pastoring in time over at a pretty large church. And I said, we're in Florida, don't care. This is what I was talking about. I'm sick of it. And she's like, honey, you got to get control. No! I was, I was mad. I'm just telling I was mad. I finished my whole rant, not lying, not lying. Two rows ahead of me, a guy stood up, turned around, Pastor Dan, what are y'all doing here? I'm like, what are you doing here? Oh, we go to the, your church. We just came down. Can't believe we're here at the same time. Me neither. And Jane, And that's what we think we're pulling off. We think we're hiding our stuff. And since we're here, nobody knows. And God is everywhere, two rows ahead, turning around going, I see y'all. Hey, Seaborn, you're in Florida. I see you. Hey, Seaborn, you're in your bedroom late at night and you're surfing your internet. I see you. Y'all get it? Jesus sees us, and he doesn't want us to hide from him. And I'm saying to you tonight, um, empty your box. Live clean. Live clean. Leave a legacy for your family of a clean boxer. So when you die and they go rummaging through your stuff, well, nothing here. All clean. That's what you want. And my prayer is that tonight here at Rez, if the Lord has shown you, I don't care what's in your box, get it out. Get it out. Because when God says, where are you? He already knows. That's the humor of that question. Where are you? Wanting to see if they would say, you found us, God. And tonight he's looking going, y'all do know I see you? Can you just say, I see you back, God, and I give you my life. Normally, at the end of the service, you know, we pray and see if anyone wants to accept the Lord tonight. 
We're going to all stand because we're all boxers. And I'm going to pray a cleansing over us. Would you stand with me? You can even hold your hands out. Here's what I want you to do. Give God whatever it is you hide. You get to pick it. I don't know what you hide. I also don't know what you hide behind. So lay both things. What you hide and what you hide behind is in one hand. And what you do, there it is, hand it. What you hide is in your left hand. What you hide behind, like your fame, success, all that stuff, that's in your right hand. So here, Jesus, we hand it over to you. Sorry we like boxes so much. Good grief, Adam and Eve started this trend and we fell into it. So forgive us, take our boxes, cleanse us, make us whole. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. And may tonight we all come clean in the name of the Father and the Son ah, and the Holy Spirit. We lift our hands to you, Lord, because we love you. Bless this congregation tonight. They're all my friends, and I want them to go home clean like I want to go home clean. So help us to do that. In Jesus' name we all say, amen. Thank you for listening to this series. For more information, call 616-534-4923 or visit us at reslife.org.